0: Hi, um, my name is Marilyn, I'm a food addict and I'm from California. It's great to be here with you. I have shared on this meeting before. Uh, I've been in OA for, I came in in uh, 1978. So I've been here a long time. I came in when I was 21 and I'm going to be 64 uh, next month. So I've been here well more than half my life Um, It gave me a life. This program gave me a life. When I first came into program, I was at that point suicidally depressed. Um, I had just lost 50 pounds eating and vomiting. That was the best that I could come up with. Uh, I knew everything there was to know about food. I could have been a food scientist. I knew everything about food except how to stop eating it. And I had been to doctors and been to other counselors and had done Weight Watchers and Tops, Take Off Pounds Sensibly, and I have to say it was a wonderful program, but for me, I never took off a sensible pound in my life before coming to program. I had done all the diets, the Eastian magazines and Atkins and Stillman's and Everything um, and none of it worked. I might have been able to lose weight at periods of time, but there was nothing sustainable, and there was nothing sane about it because i I always did extreme dieting, you know, just eat you know just really low calorie things and volumes and volumes of it, and then drink buckets of diet soda, and you might lose some weight, but that's not sustainable, that's not normal um. I did end up having osteoporosis in my 20s, and I believe it was because I drank so much soda and was smoking cigarettes as a diet um, in my teen years when I should have been building bone. So the disease um, really is a, a thief. It robs and destroys, and some people end up dying from it. So I think God got me here young because I would have been somebody who was taken down by the disease by now, for sure. So uh, when I came into program, I had gone to my last TOPS meeting that night. I lost 11 pounds that week. Um, I was at that point eating boxes of X-Lax, um, with the flavored X-Lax, and I lost 11 pounds. And I, uh, they were all clapping for me, and I started crying. And a gal... Came up to me and she said, What's wrong? And I said, You have no idea what I did to lose this weight. And so she said, You know, I went to a meeting in Florida um, for weight loss. She said, It's for really extreme cases. And I can remember when she said that, I had this flicker of hope because I knew I was an extreme case. And she said, It's called Overeaters Anonymous. And that was a Monday night at my TOPS meeting in Massachusetts. And uh, that Friday night, I ended up going to my first Overeaters Anonymous meeting. Um, And I have never left. I, I never left. And God, in his great, great goodness towards me, gave me two people, the exact two people, to be at that meeting. They were the only two people at that meeting. One of them had been a night eater, and she was no longer doing it, and the other one was bulimic, and she was no longer vomiting, and I was doing both of those things at that time. So it was like um, that was just made for me. Uh, I started in the Boston area, where um, we didn't know as much as we knew over time, Uh, and I was definitely on the development team of every way to do this program that will not work. Uh, trying to do it without the tools. None of us were doing the tools. I mean, we would share at meetings. You know, the sharing would be, oh, I know I should make my calls. I'm not making my calls, but my my sponsor... Um, sorry, I'm getting a call here. Um, but my sponsor, um, you know, she knows she should make them too, so that was the share. <laughs> Or the share on abstinence would be, you know, I uh, I I was abstinent for a while, but you know, I'm trying to get back on. I didn't eat as much, and uh, I'll be I'll be better tomorrow. Um, and that was the sharing. And because nobody knew um, back then, uh, and I'm grateful today that um, the suggestion uh, came through program not to do any flower of any color or kind, because at that time they were doing you no know, white. No, no sugar or no white flour. We were drinking soda till it came out of our ears. Um, they were people were using condiments. I was using condiments. I used to put so much condiment on food you couldn't even tell what it was. Um, and I have found that those things are triggers. Um, you know, a gal in program kept saying, "Keep your food simple, so it doesn't sing and dance." Um, and so, you know, uh, in 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 a period of time people stopped eating flour of any kind or color or wheat. So it was no sugar, no flour of any kind or color or wheat. Um, And no, for me, it became no condiments. uh, And I do use sea salt because I have low blood pressure. Um, But And no sweeteners, um, because sweeteners really trigger the phenomenon of craving. Actually, um, in the body, when you take sweeteners in and they hit your taste buds, even though they have no calories, your blood sugar raises and then it drops precipitously sometime later and you want something sweet again. And that's not good for an addict. Um, The other thing I also found for me was a trigger was caffeine um, because caffeine is a neurostimulant and um, it is known um, to um, cause people who have a tendency towards anxiety to be thrown into panic, into anxiety attacks. And I don't know, I haven't met many food addicts that don't have a tendency towards anxiety. So um, for me, uh, not only is it addictive, (laughs) it's in the physician's desk reference as a a drug. And it's actually a national addiction. I mean, everyone jokes about it, Um, but it's very expensive, multi-billion dollar industry. Um, but for me as an addict, I have a sensitive nervous system. So it was better for me not to be taking a neurostimulant that would trigger anxiety. So that was, and then plus when I was drinking coffee, I wanted to put something in it. I wanted to put sweetener in it. I wanted to put some other, you know, kind type of thing in it to make it, you know, just like a shake or something. So I, when I gave up that with God's help um, and the, the soda that was the beginning of having a quiet in between meals. Um, you know that if the food is simple and plain and like God made it, I was surprised at how good things tasted because I had condiments on everything. I did my entire growing up years before I came to program, but then in program there were other condiments that people were using, and uh, I, I I continued the tradition of covering everything um, in yellow and brown and. Shaking things on, and and I'm grateful um, that I realized that those things are triggers. Try, you know, eat food the way it's made. You know, steamed vegetables, um, you know, broiled uh, meat or fish, or you know, cooked lentils or things like that. I was surprised at how good it tasted. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, Although, you know, if you're coming in new, I would say to a newcomer that the palate needs to be changed. Um, that initially, when I came in, the food tasted like wallpaper paste because I was so used to having, you know, food with a top hat, you know, tap shoes and cane and singing, um, that I it did take a while for the palate to change and for me to appreciate food that wasn't all doctored. Uh, but I'm so grateful that I went through that I also didn't know what it was like to sleep um, adequately in a nighttime, drinking all the caffeine I was drinking. Uh, and so I'm grateful that my body became healthier by letting go of these addictions that I had. Um, I, I also came to realize <laughs> that i suffered from major fear doubt and insecurity which we know are the hallmarks of the disease that we learn in the big book of alcoholics anonymous which for if there's anyone new here we change the word alcohol to food and alcoholic to food addict or compulsive overeater and it all applies it's all it all applies it's it's just you know the wisdom in that book is really truly from god and I, I recommend page 30 and 31 to people, especially when they're new, to read it every day for years, um, because it explains exactly what's wrong. You know, it's it's that, you know, nobody likes to admit that they are bodily and mentally different from their fellows. We have to smash the delusion that we're like other people. We're like men who've lost their legs. They don't grow back new ones. Um, and... That's really, you know, and it, and it talks about the pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization of the addict who wants to stop and makes every gallant effort, but on my own, I couldn't do it. That's what the big book says. Lack of power. That was my dilemma. Lack of power. I couldn't change. I wanted to, but I couldn't. Um, and that's where the steps come in exact sweet sequence is to admit i'm powerless over food and my life is unmanageable when i eat it come to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity and make a decision to turn my life and will over the care of god as i understand god and the sanity piece was um I, even though i was like so crazy. I didn't, uh, the other thing, I didn't know how crazy I was until I had a period of abstinence and I could look back and say, wow, Whew. Um, I was in trouble. But um, the sanity piece, you know, and I thought about it, um, I wanted to be thin more than anything else, but yet at my highest weight, I was 120 pounds heavier. I wanted to be thin more than anything else, but nobody ever held me at gunpoint and made me eat. I did it. I'm the one who put the food in my mouth. That is a form of insanity because I wanted to be sin more than anything else. And I and so that was an admission right there. And then I did I did know about God. I went to Catholic schools. Um I had gone to church. I had kind of left that in my teen years. But so um it wasn't totally unfamiliar to believe in God and ask God for help but I I didn't really think that God, I thought God was helping people starving in Africa and he was like on to bigger things and and plus I had so little self-esteem, so little self-care I couldn't imagine that God would care about me as an individual, as a you know, a speck on the universe and I was so wrong Um, I have found that the grace of God is so Big and wide and loving and caring um, that God did, has done for me what I can't do for myself. Everything that I have in my life that matters is because God has led me to it um, and God has given me the inspiration uh, to have it and to seek it. So um, and the first the first thing in that was to want to not eat more than I wanted to eat, <laughs> and um, that came through a daily reprieve of working the program. Um God that's I love on page forty three in the big book it says that the alcoholic food addict uh, at times has no mental defense against the first bite. It must come from a higher power. God did that for me. I remember reading Jim's story in the big book about, you know, how he he um decided that he you know was in a bar and decided that he'd pour a little whiskey in his milk after a long period of sobriety and thought well it wouldn't bother me too much Um, and that story always gave me the chills because I don't want to be that and that shows that mental twist and I prayed that God would not let me ever do that I still pray that God would not let that mental twist ever occur that my disease in a in a moment could, um, in a weak moment, maybe in fatigue or maybe in the middle of of, um, a a terrible, you know, tragedy, which I've had many of those in program over the years um, of loss, and that that disease would come in and convince me, ah, it wouldn't hurt this time, and that would be the end because I don't know if I have another recovery in me and it's a lot easier to stay abstinent than it is to get abstinent. So I stay abstinent today because it's a gift. And I do not want to give throw the gift back into God's face. And in that moment, the scary part is that I would be saying to God, thanks for all this abstinence and for all that you've given me, but I think I'll get a little more comfort and a little more help from this food or that food. Now, and in that moment, I would be making food my higher power again. And that is scary because food was my higher power before it ruled everything. And I am not willing, by God's grace, to wake that sleeping giant um, and let that become the controller of my life because it would. Um, and so I'm grateful that I have stayed in program over the years. I'm grateful that I stayed during these early years before we knew exactly what worked. Um, I go to 90-day format meetings and um, suggested that, that you have 90 days of abstinence to share. That kind of was came through the Boston area where we were and all the tools and disciplines that you hear at those meetings are the things that we were doing, doing early on, you know, cutting out all the trigger foods, weighed and measured food, uh, nothing in between. I drink water in between. Um, I can have hot water, cold water, tap water, bottled water. I just do water. It's very simple. Um, I don't even do the bubbly stuff because it's really not good for my stomach, and it's it's too much of a party in my mouth. (laughs) So um, I keep my food simple, but I really work those steps. I've been in step study groups for my entire tenure and program. I love studying the steps. I like studying them in a group um, with people, which I've done for years and uh, just the insights and the involvement in each other's lives and recovery is just, just so, I mean, it's, it's what makes everything that I do on a daily basis, which, you know, I spend a lot of time working this program, doing service, um, um, preparing food and having everything. Uh, it makes it all worthwhile because it's not just for me now. It's, you know, it's not just for me. I mean, I need to stay abstinent. I'm not staying abstinent for anyone else. I mean, that's by God's grace. God gives me the help to do that. But I'm now accountable, and for this I am responsible, it says. You know, always to extend the hand and heart to those who share my compulsion. For this I'm responsible. I want to stay abstinent because I want to show people how good God is, how big God is, how gracious God is, and how um, if when you turn your life and will over to the care of God, as you understand God, God will help you. That cry, that desire, that pleading is never not heard. It is always heard by God and will always be answered for those who sincerely want the help. So I'll tell you how I work my program in my last two and a half minutes here. Um, I weigh and measure my food, I eat three meals a day, nothing in between. I've told you how to prepare my food simply. Um, I write it down, I make sure the food is in the house. Um, and, and so there's a lot of planning around the food. Um, I don't commit it every day to my sponsor, but I did for years, years and years. Um, but I would never change my food. I do have a sponsor still that I talk to regularly. I would never change my food in the amounts or even in the day. I write it down and I don't change it. Um, That's why it's a plan, it's a prescription. I mean, if the doctor gave me the prescription for some type of chemotherapeutic agent, I wouldn't decide to take one less or take a couple more. I mean, my food is my prescription. Um, It's how I, I, it's part of, you know, it's it's step one, um, putting down the food. Um, Some people say service is slimming. Service is not what is slimming. Service is a byproduct of working the program, um, but service is not what is slimming. What's slimming is putting down the food. Um, and then I uh, have a sponsor, I do sponsor people. They call me, I give them 15 minutes. They call on time, I'm, I'm waiting for their call on time. Um, I'm committed to them, I, I'm committed. Uh, I consider my sponsors, like once I get them, they're like family, I pick up the call whenever they're calling because I know it could be something about the food. And I give them that time in the morning. Um, I study the steps, I study the literature. Um, I practice anonymity. Um, I don't tell people who I sponsor. Um, I don't share stories um, where of people's personal information. I don't tell anyone that they're you know who's in program. But I am willing to open myself up and tell my and break my anonymity. I always tell people you can break my anonymity anytime. Give anyone my number. Um, I do. Um, I, so I um, do service, um, in fact, I was called a little bit earlier today to do this. Um, and, you know, I just feel like, well, I have to do service. And I'm, I'm grateful, I'm grateful to be here with all of you. Um, and I, I, I um, go to meetings. I go to meetings regularly. I help start meetings. I'm, I have service jobs on meetings. I, I do it all. Um, I just do it all because if you don't do anything different, nothing changes. And this is the thing that I do different. So it was great to be here with you. My time is up. Thanks. Thank you, Marilyn.